simply being open to life looking differently than I thought it would has been the biggest gift. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. So before we get started today, I want to remind you that we have launched our 2021 Artist of Life workbook. So if you don't know what that is, it's a workbook that I've created to help you self-reflect and plan your most intentional year. And it's also a guide to help you stay accountable with your goals on a monthly basis. It's all the exercises that have helped me create my dream life, and I'm excited to put them together into an updated version for the 2021 workbook. So you can find this at shop.lavendaret.com to check it out, see what's inside. And yeah, let me know what you think of it because this is a new design and I'm just super excited about it. So today I'm excited to welcome back a guest that we've already had on the podcast before. She's an artist and author that I adore and her name is Mira Lee Patel. So the first time she was on the podcast was episode 66. If you want to go all the way back, I can't believe it was in the double digits, but Mira just had such a warm and gentle energy that I just really appreciated her. Plus, she's just such an amazing artist and she's super humble for how successful she is. So Mira Lee Patel is a self-taught artist and the author of Start Where You Are, Made Out of Stars, My Friend Fear, and Create Your Own Calm, which went on sale on September 22nd. She creates work to inspire and encourage others to connect with themselves, each other, and the world around them. She lives in the Northern Woods of Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Mira. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. I had so much fun talking with you last time, so I'm excited to hear what's new for you. There is something I want to start with. Your author biography in your new book says that you live on a farm now. How is that and what's that all about? (laughs) I am so happy to be back. Thank you for having me. And yes, I live on a 20-acre farm about 20 minutes north of Nashville, downtown Nashville. And Mm -hmm. we have chickens and we have a greenhouse and my husband has been farming and growing his own food. And we are trying our best to, you know, have a little more control and also to be more connected to the food that we grow and that we eat and our whole life in general. Wow. So it's a big change. (laughs) It's a big change from living In the city, and an even bigger change from living in New York City, which is where I was before Nashville. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what inspired that change? And can you lead us through a day in your life on the farm? I mean, you eat the food that you grow. That is so wild to me. (laughs) Yeah, so we, we were living, we were both living in Nashville proper when my husband, who also works in real estate, saw this house and the land, and he got very excited. His, he's always had um, dreams of farming and cultivating the land and growing his own food. And I have always had dreams of having space and a place to write and paint mm-hmm. and feel, you know, at peace and be inspired by nature. 
And so it was kind of both of our dreams kind of, you know, culminated in this place. And it's been, we've been here for about two years and it's been a lot of work, um, both renovating the house and making it um, livable and a little bit more modern. And then also reworking the land because um, it's a lot of acreage, but it was not used for farming previously. And a lot of the soil in Tennessee is clay. Mm. So my husband, Trevor, has been working really hard. At, we compost everything that we eat and then we use that to make fertilizer for the soil and then turning the earth. And we have chickens that help turn the compost and make it into better dirt that then wow. we can use in the greenhouse. And so there's a whole system. He's done wow. He's done everything. I am just lucky to... And this is all just... You guys all just researched this on your own and figured it <laughs> yeah. out? Or how, how, does, how do you know how to do that? Yeah. YouTube videos. Wow. <laughs> and trial, you know, a lot of trial and error. And we actually also... Last year, we have a tiny house on our property and a couple lives there mm. and they also help us with the farming. And so it's been really sweet to have, especially right now during the pandemic, to have a little bit of company and to have our own little mini community here at home. Mm -hmm. And it's been really lovely and very different from anything that I, you know, ever would have imagined for myself. Yeah. What's your routine on the daily? How much time do you spend to your work creating and, and then farming? I would say every day is different. And I think especially during the pandemic, any sense of real routine has been lost. So it's usually in the morning, wake up, go out, you know, take the dog out, check on the chickies, mm -hmm. see if the plant's in the greenhouse or the orchard where we've been getting a lot of, um, these crazy spiky caterpillars that are eating the leaves, mm -hmm. um, on our fruit trees. Mm -hmm. And so we'll comb those and, you know, pick them yeah. off if necessary. And then it's usually back in the house for breakfast and getting started with work and things like that. And then the afternoon for afternoon chores in the yard. But every day is, you know, different. When we have lighter work days, we're outside more. The weather is finally changing so that the heat is more tolerable. The temperature has been dropping. It's turning into fall mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to plant our fall crops. So that's exciting too. How exciting. Yeah. And you're, you're cooking every day from your crops? <laughs> Mostly. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of preserving because... When a certain crop comes in, it kind of comes in all in a wave. And so we had like a huge wave of zucchini and a huge wave of eggplant yeah. and a huge wave of squash. And now we're getting tons of peppers and the pumpkins are coming in and the watermelons wow. coming in and the tomatoes. So I've been making like sauces and jams and soups and pickles and canning everything. So then we'll have <laughs> it during the winter too. Yeah. And I can imagine it's a lot. Like, do you feel like you share a lot of it or, or give a lot of it away? We do. I mean, I think that's one of the parts we like the most is that when we see somebody, we can give them like a jar of pickles or a can of soup or, you know, we can share it with our friends. And that is really lovely. 
Yeah. Wow. How does this environment inspire your work? Has your work routine or your creativity changed because of living on a farm? I think it has changed, but in a different way than I thought it would, to be honest. When we bought this home and the land, I think I underestimated, I'm sure as most city people who move into the country do, I underestimated how much work it would be. It is a lot, farming Mm -hmm. is a lot of work. It is a lot of attention. Even, you know, after when you get the fruits of the labor, preserving everything, making sure it doesn't go bad or that you're not wasting the food, that is a ton of work in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we are still redoing the house and making it more livable. So I think I underestimated how much of my time would go towards the home and the land. I will say that we have taken on a lot at once and we're finally... Um, Some of the systems, like with the farm, some of the systems that Trevor has put into place are kicking in, like he's doing uh, rain harvesting so that the water can go directly, you know, from the sky to the plants. And Mm -hmm. so next year, I think we'll see the benefits of the systems that he's building. And also next year, I think we'll be done with home renovation. So I'm sure we'll fill the extra time with more projects, but It will also be nice to have more time to just focus on my work again. Right. So you worked on your new book, Create Your Own Calm. Was that during this whole like new home farm renovation time period? Yeah, I worked on it. I wrote it and illustrated it last year um, and handed everything in in January. So it was during, I mean, the last two years have been farming and home renovating. (laughs) So it was definitely during that time in the middle of that. Yeah. Oh, so let's talk about that book. So this is a sort of journal for quieting anxiety. What inspired this book? This book was actually inspired by my last book, uh, which we have talked about, My Friend Fear, which was an Mm -hmm. entire meditation on fear. And I knew even while I was writing that book, I knew that I wanted to make a journal that also approaches fear and anxiety and helps people even more deliberately work through the things that are causing them to feel uneasy and, you know, panicked and anxious. And so I always knew that I wanted to make a journal for anxiety. And that's what Create Your Own Calm is. And I approach it, I approach anxiety, first and foremost, from a place of self-acceptance. I stress the idea that anxiety deepens and our fear has more control over us when we choose not to accept ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is something that that is something that I've I've lived. And so that is, you know, why why I feel that way. And then for the exercises in the book, I really approach them from a multifaceted point of view because I, you know, I know what my anxiety feels like, but I don't know what yours feels like to you. And everybody's feels different. Mm -hmm. It looks different. It is triggered in different ways. And that means that what soothes you is going to be different from what soothes me. So the exercises are drawn from all these different places, including, you know, nature, talk therapy, writing therapy, and identifying pockets of disconnect. I really, I try to encourage readers to find, you know, what what is the disconnect in your life right now that is causing anxiety? Is it lack of 
meaningful relationships? Is it lack of meaningful connection with yourself? Is it lack of meaningful work? And I think identifying those little disconnects can go a long way in making us feel more in control Mm. and making us feel calmer in general. Yeah. And what are your current practices for managing your own anxiety and practicing self-acceptance? Mine are being in nature. I think walking, especially now, um, has helped me tremendously. And that is because when I am in nature, I am automatically, my perspective automatically realigns. Mm. Whatever has been causing me anxiety and stress is minimized when you're out in the world and you're with the earth and you understand that you are part of something so much larger and that, you know, look at this beautiful tree and look at this bird and this bird, you know, doesn't care that you're stressed about work or Mm -hmm. this fight that you had with your partner or anything like that. And I think for me, it helps me feel smaller Mm -hmm. and that feeling of being small and even, you know, possibly insignificant is very comforting to me because Mm -hmm. it means that any problem that I'm facing, you know, is, is not that bad. And that perhaps has a solution and maybe it doesn't, or maybe the solution isn't evident, but certainly I will be able to get through it. And that is what you know, being, being in nature really does that for me. It's an automatic soother. I love that. Cause, cause it is so often we make our problems so big. Cause if, if we're thinking about it all the time, it's what's taking up our mental capacity. It, it feels like it's the most important, like pressing thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, nature just reminds us that it's real. it's really so small in the bigger scheme of things. Exactly. Yeah. I really feel that way. Yeah. To me, this, this sounds very inspired by your newer lifestyle recently. Is there anything else that you think <laughs> you learned or just any new insights, revelations from the past two years that you would like to share with people who are not in nature, who don't live on a farm? Sure. Well, I think that the farm aside and nature aside, I think the biggest thing about having such a huge lifestyle change that I've learned and that I feel really grateful for is that simply being open to life looking differently than I thought it would has been the biggest gift because Mm. I never, you know, I never saw myself leaving New York city, but I did. And then I never saw myself leaving a city and then I did. (laughs) And I think I feel really grateful to have so many varying experiences that I can learn and grow from. And I hope, I mean, I know life will always change, but I hope that it continues Mm. to change in these unexpected ways. And, you know, last time I talked to you, I wrote a book about fear, which was about embracing the unknown. And I feel like I've really begun Mm. to do that. And I've really begun to be comforted by the idea that things will change instead of being scared by it. I love that. And it's something that I look forward to. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for things to be different. I'm so excited to, you know, see what new life I'm going to have tomorrow 
and to know that I have the capacity to find joy in it and to be happy with it, even if it's totally different from what I thought I wanted. Yeah. Honestly, that is such a powerful mindset, just staying open and being excited for what's changing tomorrow, what what will make you happy tomorrow, especially this year when everything is changing. Things are changing so fast that I think a lot of people are scared, myself included. You know, it, it gives me anxiety. Like what's, how is the world going to be next year? What is my life going to look like next year? And it's, there's so much unknowns. So, yeah, I mean, any extra tips on on just the current environment and how to manage that? I mean, I think the current environment is really, really tough and everybody is in a very different place. And I I won't I would never say that, you know, adjusting your mindset is going to make it easier to pay the bills or to get through a sickness or to, you know, it doesn't replace you know, the fact that you can't see your parents or somebody, you know, that's far away because of this pandemic. I think it's really hard to be where we are right now. And I know that none of us expected the world or our lives to look the way they do in 2020. But I think, Mm -hmm. I do think one small piece of comfort is that it will change. It's not going to be like this forever. And I try to remind myself that, you know, now it's September and I feel like we've been living like this Mm -hmm. for nine months and it will, it will change. I believe that. I don't know when, but it will. And I take comfort in that, in knowing that it won't be like this. And also I take comfort in knowing that I have become more resilient and adaptable during this time. And I think most of us have. And I think that, you know, instead of so many people, so many of us are beating ourselves up because we're like, we haven't been productive during the pandemic or, you know, I have so much more anxiety than I thought I would, or I feel depressed and that that's not me. Like I'm not used to that. And instead of beating yourself up for all of those ways that you didn't think you would be, I really encourage people to be proud of themselves for getting this far Mm -hmm. and for knowing that they will continue to keep going one day at a time. And that that is, you know, that is more than enough to just simply do that, to keep going. Yes, totally. And in addition to that, I I mean, this is what you talk about. How can we use creativity to heal and cultivate more inner calm? So one of my biggest issues with creativity is that people think being creative means, you know, painting or dancing or writing. And they think that if they're not an artist in some way, then they are, they don't have a creative spirit. And I really want everyone to know that we're all creative and creativity simply means pushing yourself to think outside the box. So that could mean using the time that you do the dishes to turn it into active meditation and seeing, seeing a chore like dishes or vacuuming as a chance for you to meditate and be present. It could mean approaching, like, especially now approaching a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. with somebody that you care about in a different way that requires creativity thinking, you know, how can I, you know, last time I've tried to talk about this, it's gone A, B, and C, like, how can I do it differently? 
How can I make them hear me? Going on a walk, you know, you can make that an exercise in creativity, taking a different path, challenging yourself to notice different things. So I really, I want people to know that they are creative and that creativity looks different from, for everybody. And that when you utilize it, it is a really big chance for you to comfort and calm yourself simply because you are forcing your brain to operate in a way that is different than it normally does. Mm -hmm. And so that shift, you know, that shift is already creating a new pattern in your brain. And so much of, so much of controlling or managing anxiety is about creating new path, new neural pathways. Um, Mm. So it's, you know, instead of, this thing normally makes me feel afraid and I go into a panic. It's rewiring. Okay. This thing normally makes me feel afraid. I recognize that in myself. Why does it make me feel afraid? What are the possible outcomes? What can I do to prepare for those outcomes? Like all of these thought processes help you so that one day the thing that normally makes you feel afraid doesn't send you into that panicky, anxious spiral. Yeah. Oh, I love that angle. So you're saying, I mean, creativity is about thinking outside the box. And when we face challenges like anxiety, I I feel like a lot of us just, we just follow the path that it leads us down and it's not always a positive path, right? But creativity is taking control of your mind to think outside of the normal path that you would normally take, right? To let's try a different path. Let's ask another question. Let's, let's see this from a different angle. And that's how you can kind of take more control over this anxiety or anything that you're struggling with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that angle. Yeah. (laughs) It's creative thinking. (laughs) It's not just for artists. It's for every human. Yes. It's for everybody. That is like, that's the most important part. Yeah. It's for everybody. Yes. So I have some audience questions from Instagram. Cool. Alish wants to know what is the starting point of your writing, which leads to a book? Like where do you start and how do you put your book together? So a starting point for my books is brainstorming. And that is me basically just dumping ideas out onto a page. And it's usually a mix of what am I interested in writing about and what do I feel would be of value to other people. So I'm always trying to find that intersection between something that I care deeply about and that I feel that I feel is very meaningful and that I feel connected to. And also something that will be of use and value to somebody else. So I'm always looking for the middle spot. So I begin by just doing a brain dump of ideas. And then through that process, I will, I will gradually narrow down either by usually just feel gravitated towards the one that I'm most interested in. And then I begin writing and It does go through, I mean, there's a process. I usually do a book proposal Mm -hmm. and my agent helps me put that together. And then we pitch to publishers. And after a deal has been reached, if we we receive one, that is when the writing process begins. And that is usually, (laughs) that's usually many, many drafts. And the first Mm -hmm. one is garbage. 
and <laughs> the second one, some good stuff's coming out. And then the, by the third one, it sounds more like me and my voice is mm-hmm. beginning to emerge. And then it's a lot of revisions until it becomes the book that you actually see and hold. Wow. So when you're talking about the versions of the book, is it just the text and none of the art yet? At what point do you make the art? Oh, sure. Yes, I do all of my, I work very, I compartmentalize a lot when it comes to a book project. So I do all the writing first. And once that is signed Mm -hmm. off on and I'm totally happy with it, then I begin doing sketches for the artwork. And I approach it that Mm -hmm. way because I want to make sure that I'm delivering my point of view in two ways, both through the, through the words and the writing. And then I want to give another perspective through the art. So after I finish Mm -hmm. writing, then I start brainstorming for the artwork. I do sketches. Usually the art goes through two or three revisions as well. It's the same as anything else. Usually the first time it doesn't come out the way you want it. And I find myself repainting the same painting two or three times Mm -hmm. until I feel happy with it. I see. I personally want to ask you about resistance or writer's block. I mean, I'm sure every creative gets this, right? That procrastination. So how do you deal with it? I mean, it's a very frustrating experience. And I think the more that we expect ourselves to constantly be producing A plus work um, consistently, the more, the harder it becomes to do. That pressure and that Mm -hmm. expectation just makes it worse. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I also find, I find pressure for every piece of writing to be perfect. So that's Mm -hmm. whether it's a book or a simple Instagram caption. And so it's almost like anything you're sharing has to be this polished piece. And that feels daunting. And sometimes I even feel that the effort that I I'm putting into social media is taking energy away from my meaningful projects because then by the time I get to, you know, all right, let's work on the book. I feel a little bit burnt out from all of these posts that I did and all of these captions I wrote. And cause I want those to be meaningful and valuable too. Yeah, no, I can totally relate. It's, it's takes a lot out of you. It does. <laughs> and at some point you just have to let yourself not be perfect. Right. Yes, I agree. Yeah, you have you have to let go a little bit. The thing that works for me for when I when I have writer's block is stepping away and giving myself a break. Like, you know, it's not it's not working today. Let's focus on something that is going to work. So, if the writing is not coming, then I'll do the drawing mm-hmm. instead or the planning or the answering emails. So, I try not to force it too much. Um, but at the same time, I don't ever wait for inspiration. I don't think it's useful to only work when you feel inspired. I, I'm somebody that finds it useful to have a discipline and a practice. Mm-hmm. And so I will, I will draw and I will write even when I don't feel like it. And if it's simply not working out, then I'll walk away, but I will always try first. Yeah. I think that's what makes a difference between like a professional artist and an amateur artist, right? You show up even if you don't feel like it. Right. And in terms of your discipline, is it every single day or how, is, how much time do you block out for this? That's a great question. I feel happy if I'm about, if I'm able to get like half the week in the studio, 
Right now, I feel happy with that, with everything mm-hmm. that's going on. But ideally, in the future, yeah. I would I would love for it to be every day. I would love for it to be that I wake up and I'm in the studio until, you know, maybe one or two. And then after that comes the emails and the computer work and other things like that. Mm. So I think that is the routine that I am working towards. Yeah. It sounds like a dream for an artist, your lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really lucky. Yeah. It's very, it's very different than what I thought it would be. And like, like I said, like the days don't, you know, they're not always as idyllic as they might sound, but they're definitely different and it's an adventure and I feel lucky to you know experience that awesome I have one last guest question that I will ask and this one's from Shafira how do I not compare my art to other more advanced artists so tips for these younger budding artists sure I think it's always going to be impossible to for you to not compare for you not to see a piece of work or an artist and be like, Oh my gosh, I wish I was there. I wish I was doing what they're doing because certainly I feel that way. And I think the point in telling you that is that somebody will always be ahead of you and somebody will always be behind you. And so I think it's important to remember that when you find yourself comparing yourself to others, remember that you are further ahead than somebody else. And someone else is looking at you and saying, I wish I was where they are. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I have made an effort to do over the years is I used to compare myself and feel really jealous and sometimes even resentful. And I have learned to feel inspired and encouraged instead. And when I see Mm -hmm. somebody and I see the beautiful work they're making, it makes, I, I now feel, wow, Like, you know, good for them. That's amazing that they created that. And if they can do something that wonderful, I can too. I just have to work towards it. And yeah, that's an important shift. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. been, you know, it's been, it's important. And it also, I feel good. I feel good about supporting somebody else and feeling inspired by them and feeling motivated to work harder and practice more. And so I think it's, I, it's been useful in every way. Yeah, totally. I like to say it's not a competition, it's a community. So if you see them as like, we're in the same community, like I'm happy for them, they're happy for me, rather than we're competing with each other. Yes, I love that. I love the community. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests at the end of the show. I'm not sure if you did these yet because these are newer. Okay. So Mira, what does your dream life look like? My dream life looks like having lots of time to paint and draw and big glass windows and being by the ocean. Oh, does that mean you, you'll have to move sometime? <laughs> <laughs> That does mean I'll have to move because we don't have any water near us. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The next one is, what is one book or resource you recommend to everybody? I will recommend The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, I'm sure it's been many times recommended, but her idea of morning pages Mm. and of waking up and cleansing your mind and body of all of the thoughts and cycles and anxieties that have built up through the night, I think is so useful and helpful and just a great, a great practice for all of us to implement. 
I agree. I love Morning Pages and that book. Yes. What is one habit that has changed your life? This is, I think, a really important one. Remembering my locus of control. So that means remembering that in any situation, especially in moments of frustration, I am the one that is responsible for how I feel Mm. and how the situation is going to unfold, not somebody else. And this is a pretty recent one for me um, to implement just over the last few years. But when I stopped thinking that somebody was doing something to me and instead thought about, you know, what can I do differently and how am I responsible for the way that I feel? Mm -hmm. I had so much more control over my life and I was able to implement boundaries and stick up for myself. And I was able to take away the victim card and empower myself instead. Yeah. Wow. That is a huge one. If more people can understand that and implement that, that is huge. Yes. Yeah. Next one. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? That good things take a long time and that if you want something really badly, you can't give up. You have to, you have to keep working towards it little by little every day. And you might not see the changes. It might feel really imperceptible, but one day you will wake up and life will be totally different and you will be in a place that you never thought you would be. Love it. Um, The last one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? That it always changes. I love how you're just so open and so embracing change. And I just love your energy. Mira, lastly, where can we find you online? Oh, thank you. You can find me online at www.miralee.com or on Instagram where I post the most at Miralee Patel. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and for being here and sharing a little bit about your life and your creativity. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I love talking to you and it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mira Lee Patel. Make sure you check out her books, especially her newest book, Create Your Own Calm. Now I'm just going to wrap up with some takeaways that I got from our conversation. So the first main takeaway was her major lifestyle change. The last time I talked to Mira, she was living in the city and now she's been living on a farm with her husband for the past two years and they have learned how to do everything from scratch. I was amazed when she told me about that because when I heard that she was living on a farm, I assumed, okay, maybe that's like her husband's family business or something like that. No, she said that they learned how to do everything just from Google and YouTube. And I think that is so fascinating that they decided that they wanted to live out their dream life, have a farm, buy a plot of land and renovate a house. And they went and did it. And that in itself is just amazing. Just her ability to change her life in such a drastic way. And I love how much nature has seemed to inspire her and to inspire her calm. So yeah, that is amazing. It just tells you that you can decide what you want and then figure everything out and make it happen. The next takeaway is that creativity is simply thinking outside the box. All humans are creative. You can make a creative solution to a problem. Creativity is not limited to art, painting, music, things like that. It really is just creative thinking, using your brain, thinking outside the box. So she talks about using creativity 
to deal with your anxiety, think outside the box, go down a different path than you would have on your typical path with anxiety. A lot of us have a standard default way that we manage and deal with things. It's just you have a default way, but you also can use your consciousness, your awareness and creativity, your mind basically to decide to do something different this time, to decide to think another thought this time. Maybe let's go down another thought path instead of the one that I always go down. So that is just creative thinking and it can really change so much in your life, not just with your anxiety, but everything. The last takeaway is to focus on your locus of control. Remember that you are responsible for how you're feeling and how you respond to life. You get to choose how to respond to life. You don't have to respond with the default option. So this is something that takes time to make a habit and ingrain it into your mindset to recognize that you have the power. You have more power than you recognize to determine how you feel and how you respond to things. And I love the empowerment that that habit brings into your life. All right, hope you enjoyed today's episode on the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. Remember to check out the 2021 Artist of Life workbook at our website, shop.lavender.com. Sending you all so much love. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.